Welcome to the Engage with Energy podcast. Engage with Energy is dedicated to solving problems related to business transformation, enterprise asset management, and corporate social responsibility. We will be bringing you interesting guests and sharing useful information to help you on your journey to achieving world-class business performance. Thanks for tuning in. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to the Engage with Energy podcast. I'm Don Racy, founder of Engage Energy and Industrial Consulting, and I'm really excited about today's show. This episode is devoted to change management. Regardless of what type of project or initiative you're trying to get accomplished, change management is a critical component in ensuring the success of your endeavor. I'd like to welcome Judy Johnson. Judy is the Vice President and Director of Organizational Effectiveness for Aspirant. Aspirant is a Pittsburgh-based management technology consulting firm. The Aspirant team and we at Engage have forged a great friendship, so let's get into the discussion. Judy, welcome to the Engage with Energy podcast. It's good to see you. We appreciate you giving us the time today. Thanks, Don. I'm really happy to be here, and I'm looking forward to the discussion. Great. You know, there's a lot we can cover about Aspirant's organizational effectiveness practice, but really want to focus on change management, if that's okay. What I'd like to do is kind of get into... What are what do you see right now are the top issues that a well-structured change management program really needs to address? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think you know there's a lot of change management programs out there, and there's kind of a, the basic elements that every change program has to have. That's just kind of steak and potatoes. So communications, town halls, leadership engagement, um, training, toolkits, and job aids to support. And then of course, metrics to track how you're doing and progress tracking over time. All of those are staples. The differentiator that that we see that really differentiates whether you're gonna be effective or not is looking at the sustainable change in the future. And that starts with understanding the employee experience. Uh, Really having all those communications and the training and the tools that you're putting in place focused on unspoken needs and concerns. Mm-hmm. So trying to understand where what the employee experience is going to be and how do you adjust, how do you support them through that before they ever tell you they're having a problem. That's the key. And then setting up those processes and systems, HR systems, management systems, in order to make sure that there's a smooth, as smooth of transition as possible and reducing that hump and supporting them down the road. Yeah, well, and I certainly think during this time, especially of COVID-19, that employee experience, as you described, has really been turned on its head. So I'd be very interested in your insight into exactly how has that impacted the workplace from a change management perspective? Yeah, um, we just, you know, it's really interesting. We started out within a couple weeks of, of everything shutting down and everyone going uh, moving from the office to work from home, we created uh, just a pro bono assessment for companies um, to use to really gauge how how their employees are doing through that transition. We knew it would be a big transition. We called it the virtual work effectiveness assessment, and that went out to over 7,000 employees. Um, we've just recently started looking at that data uh, to, co- to uh, the compilation of that data to see what we were finding. And what's interesting is employees actually said they were more connected now than they were. So, and when we talk to leaders and employees, I think there was, that that came out of a need, right? Because now Mm. I don't see you every day at the coffee pot and on the way to and from the meeting room, I don't have any exposure to you. So I'm purposely reaching out to connect. So they felt that connection with their managers. They felt like they were having more regular, more valuable, 
connections and conversations with their managers than they did before. Um, they did feel some of the challenges that they were facing, of course, were tools and and technology. So, you know, as we all went back to our to our homes, not everybody had Wi-Fi in right. their home. Not everyone had a home office, a place to go. It might be the couch. It might be the dining room. Not everyone had their monitors. They went from two monitors in their office for some folks, depending on what their work was, to just their laptop at home or just a new laptop. It wasn't even a laptop that they had used. So getting comfortable with that technology was also part of the issue. And then, of course, even for folks um, like us who can work part-time from home, totally different situation when your entire family and your kids and your Mm -hmm. pets are all at home. Right. (laughs) I think we've all (laughs) experienced that. I worked from home on occasion, and it was a totally different world when the college kids came back and the husband was home uh, as well. So um, so all of that, getting used to all of that were were some of the challenges that they were facing. And, And companies found themselves very quickly, you know, in in um, prior years, they might do that same sort of support of helping people transition to home. Mm-hmm. It would take them six months. Right. Lots of planning, lots of thorough analysis, lots of things putting in place, and they had to do it overnight. So they were forced to figure out how to do that really quickly. So um, through your interactions with clients uh, specifically, what are the what would you say are the top two or three issues? from a change management perspective that they've really had to tackle mm-hmm. as moving from a, you know, a, a, to a virtual workplace. Yeah. So um, I think the, the, the top one is the technology and the collaboration tools. So um, even with companies, some companies really did not embrace collaboration tools, whether it's Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever those tools were until this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, others had those, but weren't using them effectively right. because they still, they were just augmenting that day-to-day interaction. Um, so it, they, the, the companies struggled to make that happen. Um, I think the other area where companies struggled was uh, in making sure that they were really understanding, again, that employee experience and the nuance of the different employees. So one of the things that we found interestingly enough is that um, uh, from a challenge perspective, employees said, hey, I'm struggling because I, I have less interaction, mm-hmm. less social interaction. I right. want more of that. But they said at the same time, they said one of the benefits of not being in the office is less interaction mm-hmm. or less, in, I'm sorry, less distraction. Sure. So, you know, I, my, I'm not in a cubicle where people can drive by and stop and interrupt me. I'm able to do focused work. I'm able to, I'm, you know, I don't have all that walking between meeting rooms and all that downtime, I'm mm-hmm. able to be more productive. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is, there, there's this nuance that, that we started looking at where how do we help people get that social interaction as we look at what this new, you know, this next phase is going to look at, look right. like um, as we start to come out of the, um, everyone in their home solely, then, how, and how do you really understand the employee experience to help them through that and get right. to a place where they have less distraction but more social interaction. You know, I think as, as consultants, we've typically been very fortunate that we've had direct access with clients, doing workshops, meeting in mm-hmm. conference mm-hmm. rooms, seeing the body language, looks on folks' faces. And you, you brought up a very good point about the collaboration tools. Now our reality has, has shifted. Mm-hmm. And so many companies um, and consultants as well have to change the way they interact with clients. Um, the collaboration tools you mentioned, I have found to be a tremendous asset. Um, 
we've always, again, like you mentioned, we've always used them in the sparingly in the past, but now we find ourselves really relying on them, whether it's sharing documents, whether it's sharing presentations, or just facilitating conversations across 10, 12 people that are in different places. And Great. so um, I'm, I would be interested in your insight, and especially from, from your, your studies insight. So how do you see that fundamentally shifting how we work as, as a team? a good question i think uh i think we're going to see much more reliance on collaboration tools even as people start to go back to work Mm -hmm. not everyone is going to go back to work and it's going to look different um we already were seeing that shift because more and more people are working remotely we have you know obviously with um global the global workforce we have more and more people working across cities and across locations so that that has been um, very slowly progressing. And, you know, we were looking that that was going to become a, a real need by 2030. I think the the pandemic has squeezed that down and right. created a need that in the next two years, we're going to see it fundamentally shift. And we're going to see companies, companies, I'm, I'm working with a couple companies right now on how to leverage, in this case, Microsoft Teams, but mm-hmm. it could be anything um, where in the past, a couple of years ago, they just wanted to implement it. Right. You know, want to get it out there, start using it, you know, here and there. They're now looking at how do we leverage it? How do we use the whiteboard functionality? How do we conduct workshops? How do we manage to-do lists and action items coming out of meetings? How do we track meetings over time mm-hmm. for leadership teams? And really looking at new ways to leverage. I think where a lot of those collaboration tools were meant to, to really be fully functioning like mm-hmm. that. And we've just never, as businesses, taken the time to do that. Now they've Now they see the need and the value. Right. You know, communication being such a huge factor in change management, you know, what are the two or three things that we absolutely have to do to make sure that we get this right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the first thing that comes to mind is multiple channels, multiple forms, full stop. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it can't just be. And I I feel like um, I feel like everyone knows this whenever I talk with clients about communication and and how to make sure that you're providing communication in multiple ways and multiple formats mm-hmm. to, to meet the person where they're at. Everyone says, yeah, we've been doing that for a long time. But there's there's a gap between knowing that and going putting it into practice. Somewhere there's a disconnect. Um, and so looking at truly multiple channels, so corporate communications, leadership conversations, town halls, emails, mm-hmm. podcasts, videos, however you can create that kind of multi-channel support for people from a communication perspective. And then the other aspect is thinking about um, making sure that, again, you know, from an employee perspective, each employee hears that same message multiple times before you move on to the next message. There's an old communication saying that people need to hear a message seven times before it sinks in. And especially uh, when I talk with leaders, I'd be interested in your your perspective of this from, from your work. Like, you know, Leaders, leaders who are making these decisions have already talked about a particular conversation or they've, they've shared what their strategy, they've shared what their vision is at least 10 times before it ever leaves the C-suite mm-hmm. right? because they've talked about it, they've massaged it, they've cleaned it up, they've put it in a PowerPoint. It's the very first time that employees are hearing it. So they're sick of it. They're ready to move on. They want to go. Yeah. And they have to step back and say, okay, I need to say this at least seven more times. Right. No, <laughs> no, you're exactly right. Now, I think one of the things that, that we work very hard with our clients on is making sure that 
the project sponsors or senior leadership are out in front, mm -hmm. always out in front and visible. If you want your employees to embrace this change, they have to see the leadership as being the biggest cheerleader of this particular change initiative, whatever the case may be. So you mentioned multiple channels, whether it's lunch and learns or newsletters or email blasts or voicemails to the entire organization. And just a constant reminder, especially from leadership, that this is in fact important. Mm -hmm. And that is a top priority for the organization, I, I think goes miles and miles of making sure that uh, this is important because you know the old adage, if it's important to your boss, it's gonna be important yeah. to you. Totally yeah, so. agree. Early on in my career, I was in a project where we didn't, we, we said, we know that's important, but we're gonna let that slide. And it, it of course, didn't work. Right. Um, so I, 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 uh, I think that's absolutely important. You know, um, one of the other things that uh, we've seen a lot of organizations do is embrace a particular methodology or framework for change management, whether it's pro-sci mm -hmm. or um, nudge or other, other theories of change management. I would really uh, be interested in your thoughts on utilizing a a, a specific framework for change management and how you go about uh, adopting something like that internally. Yep. Yeah, it's a great question. And so, you know, it's interesting um, working in multiple companies, every company, every consulting firm has their own change management framework. Every a lot of companies, large companies have their own change. They've adapted or, or merged and they have their own change management framework. Um, so at Aspirant, we use ProSize AdCar mm -hmm. uh, uh, change management framework. That works very well. I think it's really important to have a framework, again, that has those basics, that allows you to get the project team on the same page, right. the leadership team on the same page, and you can walk them through. This month, this is what we're doing. Next month, this is what we're doing. In six months, here's what we're going to be doing, mm -hmm. and here's why. And so you're using that framework um, as a not only as a making sure that you're getting everything right, but you're bringing people together. Right. Um, but on top of that, I think what I what what often gets missed, um, and I um, saw this with a uh, with a company I'm working with recently. If you're just following that framework, you can lose sight of that employee experience. You can lose sight of, are we actually helping employees pull through and really, really embrace why the change is happening, what it means to them, and how they can get value from it and do it in a sustainable way. That employee experience and sustainability often aren't in those models. And so you have to decide to do that on top of it. Yeah, uh, that's that's a great point. I know in our own experience, we we typically like to use the phrase, "We want to work with you, not on you." Yes, and yeah. so that employee experience is huge in that regard. Um, if you want change to stick, the folks that are kind of at the point of execution, the folks that are actually going to do the work or that will be impacted the most by the change that's happening have to be on board and not engaging with those, no pun intended, but not uh, engaging with those particular folks um, and getting their insight and input, I think uh, really handcuffs any change management initiative that you have going on with the organization. And like I said, uh, as opposed to a top-down approach, we're very much recommend a bottoms-up approach. And a number of these frameworks, like ProSci, for instance, mm -hmm. I think embrace that and is something that uh, 
um, we certainly recommend our clients to take a look at specific frameworks, whatever fits best with their particular culture. And so um, I think, you know, getting the people involved early and often and uh, making sure that they have a tremendous voice and what that change is going to be will go a long way. Yeah, I, I really agree. Uh, I'd be interested if you have some thoughts on ways that you've worked with your clients or that you've seen your clients engage people throughout the organization to kind of get that, that you know. Yeah, yeah. one of the things that we have embraced over the last couple of years are when you are in a workshop setting or what we call a, a, de a design workshop, If say you need to uh, review a particular business process or you know that that is a business process that is a troubled spot in the organization and it is easy to kind of say we are going to look at whatever an industry best practice is and just try to plug, plug and play. It rarely works. What we like to do is we, we've kind of embraced the, um, the methodology of human-centered design or design thinking in our approach. Yes, and well. that is a, uh, as, as you know, it, it is a way of getting the folks who are going to be impacted most by this change in process involved in the solution of what that new process looks like. That has been a tremendous game changer for us. Mm -hmm. Because as a consultant, as you know, you walk into an organization and I think the risk is walking in and saying, you already know what they need. You have a playbook for this. And from a, if, if you're a client leader, that may sound very attractive to you because you think, oh, I can do this in a shorter amount of time. We'll just use whatever that best practice is. When in reality, you are gonna pay for it on the back end. So utilizing those um, uh, uh, methodologies from a human-centered design or design thinking perspective has really helped us, especially just on the in engagement and ownership from the people who are going to be impacted most. I, I think that's so important, the point that you made, and, and I've seen that so often. Um, so if there's probably one piece of advice for leaders that I could give around change is, is exactly stepping into what you were saying. You can't just lift best practices. Yes, definitely look outside of your organization, right. understand what the best practices are there, but then figure out your your people are the experts at how that actually should be applied in your company. And that's, we always work in a partnership um, approach. And I always find clients who say, well, tell me the best practices. Mm -hmm. You know, what's so-and-so doing? What's, right. What are other people doing? What are our competitors doing? How do we, you know, how do we bring that in? Yeah. And my answer is always, well, okay, let's talk about what they're doing, but then what does that look like for you? And it has to look different. Your right. culture is different. Your people are different. How you approach work is different. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, you mentioned for a leadership, but one of the things I'd like to ask you is, you know, what advice would you give maybe a new project manager or somebody who is taking on a new role that has to address change management kind of head on for the first time in their career. Um, if you could put yourself in their shoes, what, and what, what are some of those lessons learned that you would share with them? Yeah, yeah. a, a couple things uh, that, that first come to mind is really understanding and getting clarity for you and your team on the difference between change management and um, people, helping people adapt 
to the change and change management and manage, management of change from a purely technical, as the scope changes, we have to have a change management log and things have to mm-hmm. change. It's a simple concept, but I hear I, that's one of the things that I talk a lot with new project managers is just getting that clarity and not just for them, but across mm-hmm. the project team on what that difference is. The other thing is find somebody on the team and you, you uh, can play a big role, but you probably want someone else to be that person who's paying attention to change management. What's the people experience? How, do we really know what people are going through? Do we really know what it's going to look like in the future for people and the users of this mm-hmm. change? And make sure that that becomes part of the conversation as equal amounts as did we have these 10 deliverables? Where are we? Red, yellow, mm-hmm. green. You know, Why are we behind? How do we move forward? Right. How about you? You, I mean, you've done this a lot. What yeah. would you say? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, for me, the, the one piece of advice I always like to give young, or, or not, not always young, but let's just <laughs> new, say new, <laughs> new project managers or, 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 or folks that ha- have to take on a, uh, an initiative for the first time. And, and for me, it is to have a, a cadence to your interactions. And, and most of the time that in, means a status update of some sort. And whether it's weekly, monthly, whatever, it is to have that update happen on in regular intervals and you have a defined agenda. And the agenda drives your discussion. Just by taking the time to create that agenda, you don't leave things to chance. So if you, if you know that we need to communicate a particular way for a change management issue say it's say it's using a newsletter say it's an email blast say it's needing to get your senior leadership in a room with other folks to discuss this make sure it's on the agenda don't leave anything to chance document 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 and always have a record of what you've done and what you need to do to get you to the next step Um, i've seen too many younger folks wing it mm-hmm. um, and and not go through the diligence and the discipline of having an, an agenda for almost every interaction that they have. A one, we, we believe it shows a great deal of professionalism first and foremost, but, but more importantly, it just helps you focus all of the tasks that you have to do and get accomplished. Um, because uh, you don't want to be managing by post-it notes <laughs> and no. that kind of thing. <laughs> That's a great point. I, lo- I love your comment on every interaction that you have. We, um, we have a tool that we uh, created for a, a client a while ago, which is a five-minute check-in, which is yeah. for project managers, exactly mm-hmm. that. It's three questions, five minutes. You know, Some might say, is that overkill? Well, not, not after you do it twice. It becomes right. rote, but just, just as yeah. you said, it creates that agenda. Right. Yeah, really important. Yeah. And so um, I think the last thing, uh, Judy, that I'd really like to add is, or ask, I should say, is from a change management perspective, I'm going to ask you to kind of put your crystal ball on it. (laughs) And and so what do you see are, given the world that we're in, Mm -hmm. the the change that we've all had to make in the way we interact with with our coworkers and with our clients and with our customers. Um, I'm, I'm of the thought that this is going to be a long-term structural change in the way we conduct business. 
So with that, uh, whether it's COVID-19 now and something else in the future, um, it it's, has already fundamentally shifted the way we work. So what do you see as kind of the next wave of um, change issues in change management that we should really start looking at now? That's a really great question. You know, um, we did some research a few years ago on organizational effectiveness for 2030 mm. and laid out based on looking at all of the trends from workplaces to strategy firms to um, HR organizations. So what are they seeing coming? And, and a lot of what we're seeing now as far as remote work, um, uh, managers needing to work very differently than they have in the past uh, and be you know and be more focused on that manager role um, changes in technology mm-hmm. uh, changes in workplace structure so more collaborative space uh, we're not quite there yet I think mm-hmm. we're going to very quickly see offices shift to even more collaborative space and solely collaborative space so if folks are working at home and maybe coming in to just do those workshops places where you need to right. be able to get on the board a lot of those trends are are moving much closer and and i think from a change management perspective we need to help our employees and help companies get comfortable with constant change Mm. Um, and and help um, from a company perspective help funnel that change in a couple ways first making sure that the change is always towards your mission and your vision right so you know if we're going to have a change in technology if we're going to have a change in how we work if we're going to have a change in our policies and procedures from an HR perspective it's all in an effort to help us get to that north star that mm-hmm. we're all shooting for and when it's not we're not going to do it so just because everybody's work 100% work from home we're not going to do that because right. we need to you know because <laughs> why exactly because, and and so so having that ability to First of all, filter out the change that's not necessary for your organization and constantly be checking in. Is there changes that we should mm-hmm. be using to innovate and evolve? Um, and if not, don't do it. And then the second piece is uh, on top of that, helping your organization get comfortable with agility and change. Change agility, innovation, however you want to mm-hmm. say it, that that kind of constant seeking of continuous improvement and knowing that there's going to be some amount of change um, and then getting really good at executing change using a lot of the things that we've talked about today Mm -hmm. so that when you do execute a new change it comes you know you know it's going to be a little bumpy but the but the bumps are smoothed out a little bit and it comes a little bit easier for people and people get to very quickly see okay i'm willing to do this i'm willing to take this chance because it's going to help us in the future right Bottom line, the one constant is change, right? right, That's right. Yeah, you said it much faster than I did. And so, (laughs) Judy, with that, we'll leave it here. I want to thank you for your time. It's been a great discussion and um, wish you all the success in the future. And I look forward to working with you again, obviously. Absolutely. And uh, thanks for your time today. It's been great. Thanks, Don. You betcha. Take care. All right.